episode of Hey! Don't Touch That, brought to you by Greenhouse, the Greenhouse Salad Company in Edmonton. If you guys are located in Edmonton, visit www.eatgh.ca, where you can sign up for the Greenhouse's meal plans. You get 100 meals. No, that's a lie. You get 10 meals for $100. Jordan and I legitimately use this service. I actually just purchased some meals for both my brother and my friends that uh, they both had babies so if you have friends that are pregnant or friends that have given birth or you know what I actually uh, wish we had greenhouse last night because we had to order takeout and we ended up eating some shitty Penticton takeout not this greenhouse takeout so I would have benefited from that anyway eatgh.ch 10 meals for $100 all right so welcome to episode five of Hey, Don't Touch That with your hosts, Brian and Jordan. On this week's episode, we introduced a new segment and then we talked to one of our friends that we legitimately haven't talked to for the last eight months. Without any further ado, this is Hey, Don't Touch That. How's it going tonight, Jordan? It's going really good. Uh, I believe it's eatgh.ca. I think oh, you fuck. said eatgh.gh. Dot gh so okay each eat, just a, eat just a, GH just a little bit of your CH. brain damage coming back <laughs> but it's okay i think most people forgive you because they met you before <laughs> i know i know he's not I'm all listening. there so <laughs> hey i i've had some surprising listens on this so um i don't know about you but so i was talking to i was i was just in the bakery yesterday and um just hanging out whatever we're always in the bakery on saturday and then uh, taylor who is salish's cousin and also works at the bakery was telling me how much he loves the podcast i'm just like thanks for listening <laughs> like but he's totally yeah. just like yeah loves our podcast love uh, i guess just nice. uh, listen to it so he was listening to it during work it was great what about you yeah Any some unexpected uh, listeners? Some fr- yeah some some uh friends of my wife have started listening including my wife actually she started listening too oh wow uh they most of the like the common thread comment uh, is that they can't believe that you've chosen an umbrella as a weapon in the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> well, they clearly don't have nice umbrellas. They probably just has that like, shitty pop up stuff. I have like a legit umbrella. Remember the penguin from uh, in Batman Returns? Yeah, yeah. I got one of those umbrellas. Except what are you gonna shoot? Like, what we're gonna do? Like hypnotize them? <laughs> just start spinning it. <laughs> It's just a shield. A, I, I see you just getting attacked from behind, like falling down. <laughs> and then it's now, a, now my wife's like criticizing me on the podcast. She's like, "Well, yeah. why'd you say that? Or you should have said it that way." I was like, "Oh God!" You have to get notes now. <laughs> no, it's like my whole not, yeah, it's like my whole life now. <laughs> why do? Why are you doing that? Why don't you go do that? Anyway. Uh, oh God. Yeah. That's great. I'm uh, I'm happy we have so many new listeners. But thank you guys. Uh, if you can just go ahead and tell some friends who don't know us, that'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd be great. I I'm tempted to tell people at work that I do a podcast, but it's just like you know what? I'm better off you guys not listening to it because then you uh then you'll know who how I'm actually like not not the fake self I present to you at uh, at, work. <laughs> at work. Yeah, yeah that's bad. That shit story would not have gone well. No, so it would not. Oh, well, you never know. Oh, God. Maybe I'll yeah. get a little bit more leeway at work because I know you're special. 
<laughs> they know no. you've been hit in the head too many times. So. No, no, they they just hey. like yo. Don't tell us where you don't 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 tell people where you work because uh, you in no way, shape or form represent us as a uh, organization. So I just yeah. try to yeah. Anyway, no, don't tell people. That. Anyway, so got a good episode today. I'm stoked to talk to Sean. I haven't talked to him in ages. He's he's like hardcore pandemic lockdown he is respecting this public order hey i believe so yeah i haven't i think i talked to him maybe once during this whole thing and that was during like a ufc watching zoom show did i say that right yeah like a zoom party that we watched ufc together like the one time i watched it so (laughs) so it doesn't count yeah it doesn't count so i haven't actually talked to him like personally about how he's doing and everything so yeah it'd be a good chance to catch up with him yeah and be an excellent chance. So, uh, so we'll have that later on the show, and I guess today we'll introduce a new segment. All right. So, without any further ado, our first segment of our show is so about last week. All right. So, Jordan and I are experimenting with uh, different things on the show all the time because most of you, I mean, this is not a professional production whatsoever, and we're kind of making this up as we go so this is our new segment it's basically just you know it's like a news flash and we're just reacting to things that happened this last week mainly it's it's stuff that both jordan and i are interested in so most of you guys listening to this will probably you can fast forward i think we've allotted about 10 minutes to this segment so if you skip forward 10 minutes then you can jump to the next thing that you can listen to and then if you don't like that keep skipping forward but uh, yeah so about last week, Jordan, what's our first, what's the first news item that we have on here? Uh, I think we're going to talk about the, uh, I guess, Jake and Logan Paul, the YouTubers. Uh, Jake just fought uh, Nate Robinson, the NBA player, or a former oh, yeah. NBA player, knocked him out brutally, and then he started calling out uh, Conor McGregor and Dylan Dennis, who oh, are both God. MMA fighters, for those who don't know. And then the next day on Twitter, a bunch of NHLers have called him out. So Robin Leonard, goalie for the Vegas Knights, Ryan Reeves, <laughs> uh, like a, basically the heavyweight king right now in the NHL, called him out. God damn. And Evander Kane uh, called him out, which Logan Paul actually uh, brought up on his show and pretty much said he's a nobody, but he'd, he'd fight him. But another side story to this is today... I guess on February 20th, uh, Floyd Mayweather is supposed to fight an exhibition against Logan Paul. Wait, wait, wait. I think you messed it up. It's not just an exhibition. It's a super exhibition. Oh, sorry. (laughs) I'm not quite sure the difference between the two. I think, yeah, I I just, they they want to make it legitimately sure that it's it's entertainment and not actual sports. Not an actual sport. Is it not sanctioned? I don't know. I don't really, like, God. So, do, do you mind if I just... Just I'm gonna comment. I'll, I'll start first. I'll well, start why, first. That, that's the whole point of the <laughs> the segment. So I hope okay. So. so I don't get it. I I think these promoters. I don't know why. First off, they're putting on these. Well, no, no. I know why they're putting on these fights. It's just entertainment, which is fine, right? But you're just asking everybody to find the illegal stream for this because they really don't want to pay for this. This is a sideshow. I get this. How much was the last one? How much did you have to pay to watch? Uh, what was it, Nate Robinson and Logan Paul and uh, Mike Tyson and Roy Jones. How much was that pay-per-view? 
I don't know. I do not pay for it. That's why. Yeah. So 50 or 60 bucks. So instead of charging the general public 50 or $60 to watch this, they should just have a show. And I think Snoop Dogg was looking into making a new, like promoting a new business. You should just do this. Every, I think, try to get a TV deal, try to do something, even post it on the internet on a streaming service or something. You would make way more money. There is a demand for this stuff, but I don't think people would pay more on top of what they're paying to watch TV to see this type of thing. Yeah, right? it was $49.99 American. God damn. $49.99 so, yeah, American. Yeah, and you're right. The the same company that put that on, uh, Triller. Yeah. T, uh, they're the guys that joined with Snoop Dogg. Uh, and they're starting the, I don't know, a league, a boxing league called the Fight Club. Yeah. They're supposed okay. to do about five to eight pay-per-view events a year. Fuck. And it's going to be up-and-comers. Uh Plus, pro athletes and mus- musical talents fighting each other. It makes Snoop no will, sense. It's this is Snoop just... will be the, but it will be entertaining. Like depending oh, yeah. on who they get for pro athletes and musicians, like people are gonna tune in to watch. So, so would you rather watch this? Or would you rather watch a free UFC card that's headlined? Maybe they'll they'll just headline uh headline it with somebody decent. Maybe. <laughs> okay, I'm going to tell you this right now. If I see Jake Paul versus Evander Kane or Ryan Reeves for two NHLers, I'd much rather watch that than an average UFC card. Okay, fair well, enough. Well, one fight for like the main event of that fight. Okay, so on that note, who wins? Evander Kane or Jake Paul? So this is the thing. Uh, I know Evander Kane is like boxed. I guess periodically since he's been like a young kid, like twelve or fourteen or something like that. Word on the street that his dad used to be a boxer. Oh, there you go. And he's named well, he's named after Evander <laughs> Vander Holyfield. So. If I was if I was naming my kid after a boxer, I would maybe choose one that was a bit less juiced up. Someone like better. What? Okay, maybe you know what? Not a boxing fan. Go ahead, go ahead. Buster. Buster Douglas. <laughs> anyway. Uh but Jake Paul, uh, who is a YouTuber, he's I believe he said he's dedicated his life for the past two years, maybe okay. maybe even three years. To, he wants to become like a boxer. That's all he wants to do now is box. So and with his name, but like his YouTube name behind him, uh, it seems like he can make some money out of it. So I guess all the power to him if he can find fight. Like if he fights, well, his brother's gonna fight Floyd Mayweather. Like they're probably gonna pull oh, in a shit ton of money, God right? Damn it. You people want to see it. It's a it's a sideshow. People want to see it, including myself. So fair enough. How do you think Evander Kane does? Uh, I would like to think that he does a lot better than Nate Robinson. Yeah. Uh, given and I don't know, you'd have to see. Like, is he gonna have time to train? Is it gonna be the middle of like an NHL season? What like? I, it, yeah, I don't know. If he has proper training, I like. I would think that Evander Kane would win. But see, I uh, think he. Then again, I don't know if Jake Paul's like in the gym fighting all the time. This like his his like job now. Then. You almost want to give it to him. Yeah, I I think Evander Kane would lose in this match because this is all he does. This is all Jake Paul is going to be doing. It's Logan Paul, though, that once said he'd fight Evander. So I don't think he's training as much as Jake. Uh, So in that case, I think Evander Evander Kane would win easy. Um, Like, Logan Paul didn't even know whether he was joking or not. Didn't even know, like, the hockey players dropped their gloves to fight. No. (laughs) So it is what it is. All right. Okay. Well, anyway, that's uh, that's our first news item. I so you would take Evander Kane if with enough training, I would take one of the Paul brothers. You would. Okay. I would. Mm. 
Okay. Uh, next news item. So, what's the next news item, Jordan? Uh, I think we mentioned it last time. The start of the NHL for us Canadians. Nice. Uh, was originally scheduled for January first, but now it's being pushed back because of the squabble between the owners and the players. So, so when so, is uh, right now? Well, nothing's really been decided, but it sounds like mid-January to early February is people's best guess right now. How long is the season pro- going to be? It'll probably be a 48-game season, so I'm oh, told, like, so I read. Uh, and the whole thing's about, uh, like, to when they went into the bubble, the players uh, basically had signed an agreement with the owners that Gary Batman really, like, recommended to all the owners to sign. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was for to defer their payments 10%, 10% of payment, de- payment deferral. Uh-huh. And... Uh, 20% escrow deferral. Actually, I'm not sure if the escrow... It just said that... I know what escrow is, yeah. So, do you want to explain escrow since I'm sure you read it? Oh, yeah. Totally prepped for that. Okay, well, you explain what escrow is. No, dude. I don't fucking know what escrow is. Oh, you didn't do it? No! Absolutely not! So, basically, the, the, the gist of it is how I understand it. Escrow is... There's supposed to be a 50-50 split of hockey-related revenue. Okay. So let's we'll, we'll break it down pretty easy. I buy a souvenir for 20 bucks. I'm thinking that's hockey-related revenue. Yeah. 50% of that goes to the players, and 50% of that goes to the owners. Okay. Uh, based on a certain amount, whatever it is, like the $83 million cap salaries. Okay. So it's all... Uh, so if the league loses money, that means the players have to pay back uh, money into escrow out of their pocket up to an amount of actually i don't know what the original amount was so i'm guessing that's what the 20 percent is oh so they'll have to pay back okay up to, they'll have to pay back their salaries up to 20 percent to cover the losses of the nhl so because they're saying if we're if we're profiting uh all this money and we're splitting it 50 50 with the owners well the players should take 50 percent of the loss too if we're losing money okay that was the reasoning behind it okay so they're saying Basically, the players are going to take ten percent less in salary, and then put twenty percent. Well, of no, they're going to they're going to defer defer okay, their defer, salary ten percent okay. to next season, and then uh, uh, escrow up to twenty percent. Oh wow! So, so do they get the escrow money back ever? Uh, no. Well, no, no. They lose their money. Like it goes in their like money gets held in escrow. That's okay. where the term escrow comes from. It gets held in this account called escrow or something. It's held in escrow. Okay, okay. And then uh, if once the like all the league numbers comes out on if they had a surplus or a deficit, yeah, then it how much gets released back to or to the players is determined that way. Okay, okay, okay. So they do get it eventually if if uh, the league makes if they if make the what they thought money, they're gonna make. Yeah, then they I think yeah they get their full check and then maybe then some at that okay point. i'm not sure okay uh, but then what ha- so that the original thing they agreed upon was 20 percent escrow 10 percent defer payments okay and then the owners basically are like no we don't want that anymore we want 20 percent and 25 is what's being reported holy crap uh and then the players are like like we get it but you just signed this like six months ago okay okay so oh, that's like the big thing right now so the owners are basically thinking they can lock them out. 
at the end of the day. It's gonna if they don't if the if the owners don't agree, I'll turn into a lockout. Well, I won't be. I won't even be a lockout. The owners just like, well, I'm not gonna make any money. Yeah. So we'll just cancel the season, then nobody will get paid. Interesting. So, so this that. is in the NHL. Were they gonna do games with fans or no, no fans? I don't think anyone even knows that yet, right? Like uh, Alberta is way worse than it was in the summer when the bubble was here. So if they didn't have fans back then, I don't know how they're going to have them now. Yeah. Because I think the NBA, I think what I heard was like, yeah, no fans or limited fans, but near the end, it, it would just kind of be more. Yeah. There so. were talk of, I think a couple, maybe four or five NHL teams playing in outdoor stadiums. So oh. they could, ha- they, so they could have fans like in space all out like the NFL. Interesting. So, yeah, that's that. For those interested in hockey, that's one of my favorite, well, is my favorite sport. So I'm quite interested to see when that comes back. Yeah. I don't know. I hope they work it out. It's, I mean, it's a weird year. And the other thing is if they don't, if they don't uh, go with the season, I think the, what I hope the players understand that if they don't go to the season, is it not likely that the cap will actually go down? Cause if you, it's based on the amount of revenue the league makes. Is exactly, that the same yeah. thing? Yeah. Yeah. So That's yes. It. It's a rock and a hard place for these yeah. guys. That's our like Cole's notes on escrow of what I've learned in a week. So <laughs> that's great. It's more than I've learned in uh, a week. All right, our last news item was the. I'm not going to mention this guy's name because I didn't research it enough. But I. Well, so I, thing, I know his name. I know. Okay, how about you? You do the news reads then. Okay, so uh, for those that don't know, the Vancouver Canucks have a. Basically, an opera singer as their anthem singer, and his name's Mark Donnelly. Uh, so he agreed to sing in an anti-mask rally. Okay. And then I guess the Canucks ownership <laughs> tweeted to the Vancouver Sun, who reported it. You should type in former anthem singer, pretty much as in <laughs> he lost his job right then and there. <laughs> oh man. Okay. And it is it is funny because this is the same guy that you can YouTube it. He got on skates and was singing the anthem during a preseason game and then tripped over the carpet mid-anthem. Oh, fuck. <laughs> and they still kept and it. And I, I think he continued singing, too. Like Holy crap. So I did see that he's... It's not the first time he's sung at something so, uh, I guess, controversial. He sang at an anti-abortion rally as well. Like, uh, apparently, you know... So, I don't know. How do you feel about something like this? Like, just if you're not... Because this is... This is an extracurricular activity, and it's not like he's. Well, I was actually no, no. He, he, even though he says he's not representing the Canucks, he's representing the Canucks. The whole reason, yeah, is everyone. Why, yeah, it's because he's the anthem singer. I don't know how. Like, how do you feel about this, Jordan? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he should lose his job for it, but I mean, it's a pri- He works for a private company, and yeah. he can do what he wants. Yeah. So, I think. I really hope that uh, that he discusses with his employer. I thought I hope he had the sense to do it. Although that's never a given with these with this type of thing. So well, I believe he's saying today. So yeah, but I mean, like, just just <laughs> hey, by the way, heads up. Um, I don't even yeah. know the owner of the Canucks, but yo, um, let's pretend his name's Daryl. It's like Daryl. <laughs> I I really want to sing at this thing. This thing really tugs at my heartstrings. Can I please? do this and if you don't let me i'm gonna just do it anyway so i i just really hope the guy had a conversation at least i didn't i really hope he didn't intend for his employer to find out via twitter 
because I mean it's looking like it. But yeah, it's it's odd. It's like I think obviously don't go to an anti-mask rally, especially with a freaking pandemic going on. But it is especially and he's one of the guys too that you think would be scared to go. Like he's not in great shape, or he wasn't. Oh, okay. I know he got. I think he got a surgery and lost a bunch of weight. Actually, I shouldn't say that. I don't know. He maybe he just lost it naturally. But the recent pictures of him look like he's ballooned again. No, okay. So he's not in the greatest health, so I don't know if he should be going. <laughs> Lots of comorbidities there. Yeah, he should probably just stay yeah. home, wear a mask. Yeah. Okay, well, all right. So that was our first uh, about last week segment. Hopefully, we'll keep this up. I like. I I don't know Jordan. And I need more stuff to talk about. So yeah, we can't just talk about me losing and betting all the time. So or my shit stories. Apparently those those yeah. aren't going over well with uh, certain segments of our listeners. <laughs> I don't know. I I think people love your segment. I think I think so. I would. We uh... should have we should have Brian's shit of the week. <laughs> the first the first question like the uh, checkbox that you'd have to mark is like was it in your pants or did you make it to the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> then we'll go from there. So uh, so okay. On that note. <laughs> My so we think my uh my brother in law's uh, now fiance she was just like oh yeah for the record I've been out many times I've never shat my pants so maybe you should keep asking people whether or not that happens to them because I think you're the only one and I was gonna be like hey and then I didn't I didn't say anything I I, it's probably, I, I think it's probably more common in the male community <laughs> I think so too. Uh, but I'm I'm sure there's lots of women who've done it and just don't want to admit to it yeah it's it's embarrassing. It's definitely embarrassing. All right. Well, let's take our scheduled break and uh, we'll come back with our interview after these messages from our, well, actually from none of our sponsors. We only have the one. Okay. We'll see you later. Okay. We now welcome to the show our good friend, a BJJ purple belt father of three, bird enthusiast, an overall man of the wilderness, and wears a kilt, kilt, wears a kilt like a god, (laughs) Mr. Sean Morrison. Sean, how's it going? Hey, how you doing? Did I I get that right? It's a a kilt, that's right. K-I-L-T. You got it. So wait, wait, just, I know this is, uh, we want to get to some stuff. We've got some stuff right away, but are you legit part Scottish? Is that what's with the kilt? Uh, f- from an ancestry point of view, yeah, totally. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yep. Nice. So it's not that you're not, like, you can trace back your legitimate, like, you're not wearing a kilt to make a statement. This is like, no, this is how my <laughs> ancestors used to dress up before they killed you. I'm, I'm not a poser. No, it's, uh, you know, it's 200 years later, but yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. All right, John. So what we're going to do, you're going to, this is your first, hey, don't touch that segment. We're going to get into the podcast beer review. All right, Jordan, let's, can we uh, describe what the beer review segment is? Yeah, so uh, every week we each pick a beer and or liquor if that person doesn't want to drink beer. Uh, allergic to hops. Yeah, if you're allergic to hops. Uh, and then we're just going to drink it throughout the episode. Uh, and then at the very end, right before we let you go, we'll all three of us will review what we're drinking. So, uh, Sean, you're a guest. Why don't you tell us what you're drinking today? Well, tonight I am drinking, uh, it's a local beer. It's uh, from Omen Brewing. 
on 99th Street here in Edmonton. A um, friend of mine introduced me to it. It's uh, and tonight. It's uh, the one I'm drinking is called Spilt Milk. It's a milk stout. Oh, oh. nice. And um, when uh, COVID was preventing us from going places during the summer, we would have a Friday night uh, um, Zoom call with our neighborhood friends. And we started this, uh, it's like a wine fairy sort of thing, except it was with beer. And so every week somebody would take a turn dropping beer off to their, to, uh, to each of us. Oh, cool. And uh, so, yeah, a friend of mine introduced me to this and I really like it. Classy. Although nice. we'll save the review for later, I guess. No, no, you okay, get yeah, first great, impressions. Great first impressions yeah. are good. <laughs> All right, Jordan, what you got? Okay. I see a white uh, label. Yeah, I'm drinking actually a beer from Poland. It's called uh, a Tyski. Can I see uh, the label? Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's been sitting in the fridge for a little bit, so I don't know how great it is. But uh, yeah, it looks not too bad. Uh, it's, a five, it's a 5%er. 5%er. And uh, it looks... It looks like it may follow the purity law, the German purity law, but it doesn't say so in the bottle. So just looking at the ingredients. Interesting. All right. So the beer I chose is near and dear to my heart. Actually, no, well, it's sort of. I, so I've had this beer before. It's been a while because I don't normally get it, but I'm drinking the Granville Island Lions Winter Ale. So this is a favorite of many people. It's uh, for me, it actually got me into drinking craft beers. Um, I remember I met up with uh, my wife before, you know, before she was my wife and she had a six pack of these. So she was trying to intoxicate me. Um, it didn't take six beers. Didn't need to be intoxicated <laughs> anyways. Um, but uh, yeah, I had, it was great. I loved it. Vanilla. And uh, this always takes me back to Christmas. So this is like a Christmas beer for me. So hopefully it's still good. Hopefully it's either it's still good or I know better, right? And yeah, uh, yeah. guess we'll find out. <laughs> we'll find out. All right, let's crack it open. Okay, cheers. Cheers. Mm. Oh shit, still good, still good. All right. So Sean. Yeah. Why don't we start with the? Uh, we'll start with an easy question. So. You know, sure. Why don't you, uh, you know, introduce yourself. Tell us, tell our listeners how we know each other. How do we know each other? Well, um, we know each other through jujitsu. I think, uh, Brian, I met you first um, <laughs> years ago when we were at a different club. And um, I remember meeting you. And I don't know if you remember, but one of my first classes, we were partners. And I don't even remember what we were doing, but I remember you screaming at me, yelling, <laughs> we're better than they are. We're better than they are. You can do more. And uh, I think you're trying to motivate me. <laughs> but that's my memory of you. <laughs> I completely forgot that. But I can see myself do that. Yeah. You know, and, I used to hype myself up a lot. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> and uh, Jordan, we, uh, we've met probably in the last, what, seven or eight years, something like that. Uh, yeah, I would say we probably met somewhere, somewhere in the year I started, I'd imagine. Yep. So I started in 09. Yeah. So yeah I, one of my first memories of you actually was, uh, it was winter and you were late for class and you came in and you didn't change, but you announced to the class that your truck was stuck. In the oh snow. yeah. I remember and, that. And so <laughs> I think all of us kind of turned on our heel and just kind of left and went out the door and, and helped you get unstuck. Yeah, that's right. 
Uh, the whole class pretty much came to my well, my parents' house at the time, and got, was that your parents' place? I didn't even yeah, know where we went. Got, we just got, kind of followed yeah, you. Got my truck unstuck, and went all went back to class. So. Yeah. God damn. Yeah, so that's a lot of time gone by. I don't know where all the time has gone, but it seems like uh, I met both of you when you were, you know, a lot younger, and so was I. But uh, since we met, man, a lot of changes have happened. Yeah, eh? A lot has changed. Oh yeah, I. Yeah. It's funny. It's the thing I've always find funny is like the people you've always had. Everybody has their first day, and you always have like your first day meeting people, and then. It'd be so cool if you had the ability to like fast forward 10 years from where you first met them to see where you end up, right? Because most people that walk into jujitsu, there's tons, they'll, they'll, they'll be there and they'll, you know, they, they go hard for maybe the first month or two. No, they go hard for the first month. They come in every other day and then they start tailing off. Is that one day where they say, oh yeah, I, I hurt myself. Oh, well, I'm kind of busy. Uh, work's been really busy and that type of thing. So it was funny because I, like I said, I don't remember, I don't remember uh, our first day, first time meeting you, Sean. I remember, <laughs> I do remember you, you and uh, when you started, it was just like, okay, this guy's done something before, but little like, so you would want to be one of the last people I expect to still have like a relatively good like no we're like legit friends that's the thing it's just like holy crap like you never think the like the least like, people the people you least expect you stay in contact with so yeah it was it was nuts it's nuts it's been so much time has passed yeah you know and i i know what you mean because some people um throughout my life i you know you, you get to know people and you think i really think i will stay in touch with this person forever yeah and it doesn't work out like that for, and not for any reason other than time and distance. Yeah. And then other people, you may not get that same sense, but you end up, <laughs> for, you know, just kind of knowing that person for the rest of your life. Yeah. And I don't think there's really a good way to predict it. No, I know it's, it's crazy that way. Like relationships are nuts that way. It's uh, yeah. I just, I had no idea 10 years, probably 10 years ago, we've known each other, at least, no, 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 more than, oh, shit. More than like, that, probably like 12 or I, I 12, think it's more 12. than that. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I think Jordan was in, like, Jordan, I think you were probably first year apprentice. Yeah, I, I first met you. Yeah, I was working at my, well, second plumbing company at that time. But, yeah, I was yeah. the first year at that time. And So, whatever year that was. I think, so I waited, um, I waited until my daughter was, like, three or four because I figured by that point, the intensity of parenthood had eased off a little bit yeah. and that I could, and that I could probably take an, a night or two to start a sport. And really the reason I started was because I, I realized that I had become that guy who talked about the activities that I used to do <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> rather than the stuff that I did this week. And yeah. I didn't want to be that guy. So I thought I can't, I can't do that. I need to start doing something. And, I think it's important for uh, for people to get out of the house. Yeah. You yeah, know, it's, as... being at home all the time just drives everyone else around us oh, crazy. Sure. How have you guys I... been? Oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead so Sean, I actually remember, uh, I think one of the first times I met you, well, I met is kind of a loose term. Like, we would have been in the same class together. And yeah. I remember thinking, as like, uh, I don't know, you're probably like, we'll say like a generation ahead of me, maybe is that about like, we'll say a 10 year period, roughly 10 years apart in age. So, so the way I measure this is um, <laughs> through Tom Selleck. 
Yeah. And um, I ask people who is Tom Selleck. <laughs> and, I, and, and if they say he is obviously Magnum PI, then I know they're, uh, they're about my generation. Okay. But if they I, say I, wouldn't, uh, I would say he's from uh, Friends. Monica's, Monica's yeah. friend on Boyfriend. Yeah. Monica's yeah. boyfriend on Friends. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay. Well, that, we're about that generation <laughs> part. And I remember yes. rolling with you and this like, why does this guy keep fucking choking me? He's like that old, <laughs> this, this, <laughs> my dad comes in every time. It felt like my dad was just whipping my ass every time. Sean's like a up, legit, It was like the softest like gee choke ever. <laughs> All of a sudden he would just like kind of slip in there and I would just start <laughs> getting choked. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? But then it turns Sean's... out like the nicest guy ever. So Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I, I mean, we joke about age and stuff, but I, like, I am uh, for the listeners out there. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a young forty-seven. Um, Holy shit! Yeah, but I, 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 I kind of feel like the whole group of us are, are roughly the same age. That I just think of us as kind of in the same pool. Yeah. Well, we definitely act all the same age, whether that's good or yeah. bad. <laughs> and, and maybe that's just uh, maybe I'm older than I think, and I think that. Uh, we're all the same age but we're not <laughs> no he no he i think we're well brian's i don't know we're close so. <laughs> i'm essentially yeah did i tell you about right. arthritis man i heard that yes i was listening to a podcast and it was mentioned oh okay yeah. <laughs> in uh, in your hands uh, yeah, i wish no um my elbow right elbow oh right and you and yeah. is that why you had surgery on your elbow um th- yeah unrelated well yeah it's the result of my arthritis that's um the bone spurs were uh from the arthritis yeah okay yeah yeah no man it's um i we say sean's a purple belt he is the world's biggest sandbagger yeah <laughs> he's like there's no way he's a purple belt all right uh, there's uh, there's recent black belts and it's nobody on this show <laughs> All right, but there are some recent black belts that can't hold your jock, and they are black belts. And you and I are technically the same rank. I think I might outrank you by a stripe. Well, you still might be talking about me. quite likely. <laughs> quite likely, everybody does. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm taking the uh, the long, slow road. I think. I think belts yeah. don't really matter to you, eh? Like that's like everybody. Anybody good, belts don't matter. They matter and they don't matter. Um, but um, for various reasons, and um, yeah, I guess, I guess I, I I don't compete a lot. So um, I think if I was competing a lot, I I wouldn't want that sandbagger tag attached to me mm-hmm. because I'd feel like I was being a legit sandbagger for competition purposes. But at a club level, it for me it really doesn't matter. Yeah, we all know. We're like, can't trust him. <laughs> can't trust me. <laughs> anyway, Sean, uh, one of the cool things about you is, and about jujitsu, is you meet so many people from different walks of life. You meet accountants, doctors. Plumbers. Uh, plumbers, yeah. Uh, yeah. Why don't you explain to people what it is you do? Because you do a way better job than me. Sure. Um, yeah, my, in my day job, I'm a wildlife biologist. And I've done that since um, probably about 1995 or so. And uh, so I've finished undergrad and, and I went to school in Nova Scotia, I finished undergrad and then started working as a wildlife biologist. So I've worked on projects where we try to understand things about the world around us. So 
basically animals and, and why are there, um, you know, this many of them, are they declining or increasing and, and what might affect that? So I, I've worked on white-tailed deer and coyotes and, and their habitats, but also then I moved overseas. I went down to Australia and I worked on a really cool bird project down there, which is probably why you have me tagged as a bird, as a bird guy. Actually, I say that because I remember you went bird watching when we were in Mexico. I did, yes. I actually wanted to go with you too. <laughs> <laughs> and then I uh, came back to Canada and I went up Yukon for four or five summers and I worked on alpine mammals up there. So um, marmots and picas. And then I worked on caribou for a number of years. And now I'm kind of working on a whole bunch of stuff all at the same time. That's fucking interesting. You, okay. So what's, what's your animal specialty? My animal specialty, um, probably broadly, I, I, uh, population dynamics is probably a good way to describe it. So what sorts of things affect why there's a certain number of animals of a population now and how many will there likely be in the future. So uh, so an example of this would be the work I did on caribou in Newfoundland. And okay. so problem with caribou was that they were declining rapidly. And the province wanted to know what the heck is going on and what can we do about it? So I was, I was working as part of a team that took this 50 year data set and my job was to come up with uh, with an explanation. So why is this why is this population declining? And is there anything that we can do about it? And if we have a limited amount of money, where can we best spend our, our money to uh, to help this herd? So is it pretty straightforward? Normally, like when people tell me, "Oh yeah, why is this animal declining?" It's just like, well, it's because their habitat is they're losing habitat. You're cutting down all the trees. They have nothing to eat. Or is it sometimes more, is it usually more subtle than that? It's usually, it's usually a bit of both. Like sometimes the cause is obvious, you know, like the species might be overhunted, for example. So was that the case it, with the caribou? No, they uh, most likely. Um, so what we noticed was the, the fawn, the calves, the, uh, the babies were dying. So in some years, most years you'd want about half of them to make it to the first birthday. Yeah. But uh, in this population, maybe five out of a hundred were making it. So 55%. So they bottomed out. So usually for large mammals, the first to go is the young. Um, uh, And the explanation in this population was they they probably increased in number way too quickly and ran out of food. And Uh, so when uh, when they run out of food, the mums aren't in all that great a shape. And mm-hmm. so they give birth to calves that are a little bit weaker and lighter. Mm-hmm. And when you're weak and light and dumb and tasty, the, uh, <laughs> the coyotes and the, and the black bears uh, have an easier time to, to get you. Interesting. Yeah. So, so that, that was that project. But that's kind of an example of the sorts of things that I would do. But now in the last three years, I've, I've switched. I'm, I'm an environmental consultant now. So a lot of what I do is environmental impact assessments for industrial projects that are being proposed across Western Canada. Okay. So I would do things like um, there's a, I don't know, a proposed project. It could be a, maybe a new mine or something like that. And yeah. my, my role would be to say, uh, to look at the project and figure out what effects the project might have on the wildlife in the area. Okay. 
Do you so, miss? Uh, sorry, Brian. Right. Do you miss no, no, no. Uh, all the field? Because I remember we talked. Uh, you have like some pretty, pretty good stories about your field work, like when you were working in the yeah. field. Uh, do you miss that sort of thing? Like you remember camping in the middle of nowhere, or like I do. Yeah, in the I, open fields. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the field work was a lot of fun, and uh, I do miss it. Um, the work I did in the Yukon, you know, the first day you're there, you, you're in a in a tent. Each person has their own tent and you unzip the tent and you look out and it's like, it's just 360 beautiful mountains. Like there, there's no sign of humans other than your own little camp. And then these mountains. So what do you and say? We, we have, um, I, I'll send you a picture actually. I'm going to, I'm going to. No, maybe don't. Please I'm do. As a off, off, off our loo. We called it the loo and it was a little trail off in the tundra to a pile of rocks. And there was a toilet seat on top of the rocks and uh, and there was a pole with a flag so if someone was at the loo you raised the flag so that nobody made the long walk down the trail for nothing um, right. but there was no walls and uh, sometimes you'd be there and it'd be snowing or or sometimes there'd be a ground squirrel or a marmot actually in the loo at the time and so that, <laughs> that's a little awkward but I mean that sort of work it's it was awesome I, I'd sleep in a tent from early June to mid-August and really I was there from start to finish, um, but it's tiring, man. By uh, you know, when you get there, you're awful of energy and excitement, and then by the end of the field season in August, you're so tired that like I start, I would start to trip on the rocks everywhere I went. Like my oh, feet wow. were just kind of dragging, and the soles of my boots literally were were smooth. I had worn off all the the treads throughout the summer. Wow. And um, but the thing was. I had kids and uh, Claire, my oldest, um, was born in, in the fall. And uh, so I was home all that winter, but then the next June I had to go back and uh, I didn't want to go back. I didn't want to leave because I knew that, you know, she was going to be a totally different little person when I came back and I was going to go for three months. And I remember walking out her door, I walked to the truck and so the truck was packed to the gills with the trailer, oh. with all her all her food for three months. And I turned back to the window, and she's standing there, and, and, and she waves at me. And it was the first time she had waved. And I'm like, I, I can't do this. Yeah. I just can't do this. But I did. I left. And, <laughs> I uh, definitely think you were staying. <laughs> no, no, I did. But uh, I, I took with me a, a little pair for sleepers with me, and I and I hung them in my tent on a little clothesline. So oh, that's oh. cool. I had a little memento, but. But anyway, that um, I decided that I, I can't go away for three months at a time. That's that's ridiculous. So I, I turned myself into uh, a desk biologist for now. There you go. And uh, so yeah, so I kind of changed what I did, but it's still rewarding. Would you, Do you see yourself kids, going back? Oh, go ahead. I think you're gonna ask the same question as me. So you give her. Yeah, you're gonna. So do you? Okay, so. Now that your kids are older, like you, you and uh, Lane have similar paths. Do you see yourself going back to the field once you don't have uh, parental responsibilities at the house? Once they leave you, are you going to go and just go back to this? It's a good question. Um, and I don't know what the answer is, but I do know that it won't be three months at a time. So it might be short little bursts. Yeah. That would be interesting, but it's not going to be three months in a row. Okay. Um, I just, it would be fun, but I'm also uh, 20 years older. So it, uh, I have to factor that in as well. 
Fuck 20 years older. Please, man. Come on. You're it, in good shape. Things start breaking down. <laughs> uh, that's a lie. That's a yeah. lie. But uh, I, I do like both. But there's nothing like, you know, just I remember just taking off by myself with a little day pack and I'd be gone for the whole day. And I wouldn't see another human all day. And just me walking around the tundra. It was alpine, right? So you can get up on a ridge and you can just kind of walk forever mm-hmm. and, and see forever, right? And mm-hmm. by evening, there'd be like um, the mountains would glow. It's just beautiful at sunset. And uh, yeah, I remember out, uh, you know, at midnight trapping animals because it's almost 24 hour daylight at that time. Wait, and, wait, wait, uh, wait, 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 go back. Trapping animals. What yeah, does that, that was, mean? That was my job. So, um, oh, I so thought you we, meant like uh, trapping animals to make furs. No, no, we'd live trap them. So we had like, um, you know, like the little cage traps. If you happen to have a squirrel in your house or something like that, we would use a very similar sort of trap okay. to, to catch them alive. And then okay. we would catch them alive and we put ear tags in so that we can identify them later and yeah. um, do all sorts of things like that. But, uh, I'd be out at midnight. I remember one night I'm down there and it was starting to get dark and I had my headlamp and I just caught a pika, which is, it's like a little rabbit about the size of my fist. Yeah. And I'm working on it and I, I heard something and I turned behind me and uh, there was a, a fox like right at my shoulder, looking over my shoulder at what I was doing. <laughs> what, what do we catch? <laughs> what do we got here? Yeah. 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 So that was kind of cool. Yeah. Wow. But the, the best was like, I'd have a, a series of traps, like I'd lay out 15 or 20 traps and uh, then I'd just have to sit and wait. So I would often just lay down on the, on the hillside on the tundra and have a nap, but we're in bear country. And so that's kind of dumb. So what I would do is I would find a marmot colony and uh, marmots are groundhogs, right? But they have excellent eyesight and they're always looking for predators. So I would go into the middle of a marmot colony and lay down. And I knew I had like 20 sets of eyes that were constantly <laughs> scanning for bears. So that was the safest place to have a nap as far as I was concerned. The marmots weren't scared of you? No, they would steal stuff from me. I remember chasing one <laughs> oh. because it stole my camera bag. Yeah. <laughs> really? So, yeah, it, it, it was, it grabbed my camera bag and took off running like a dog. And uh, so it's running and I'm running after it yelling and, and eventually you dropped it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, okay. So that you mentioned the Fox, that was an Arctic Fox. I'm guessing. Hey, not like one of those red foxes. No, it was a red Fox. It was a red what? Fox. Yeah. We weren't, so I was, it was Southern Yukon. So we weren't so far North. Like it wasn't Arctic. It was more subarctic, I guess. Um, but yeah, it was, it was red Fox. Interesting. So they, yeah. they, those guys don't eat humans. No, no, they're little. They're, they wouldn't uh they wouldn't even try but we okay. had we regularly had grizzly bears come through and often had caribou come through and had oh, wow. a wolf and a moose and you know grizzly bears actually were fairly common and, and they would come through our valley and and it was just us in our tents and we had a like an electric fence okay. around just to keep curious bears away but we never had a problem it was pretty safe gotcha so you mentioned, sorry, I got to ask this. I, we've, got, we've got to keep this show going. But yeah. so with the coyotes, I, I heard somewhere that if you, you can't kill coyotes, somehow that makes more coyotes if you kill them. Is that true? Well, so. Like that's not the best way to get rid of a bunch of coyotes. 
well, you're not going to get rid of coyotes. It's it's going to yeah, like yeah. I jokingly say people will run out of bullets before they run out of coyotes. It's just okay. It's unlikely to. But but to back up, um, people really don't have to worry about them. They they're a very malign sort of. It's like the big bad wolf sort of line of thinking, right? They people have hated wolves and wolf-like creatures forever. Like all, all, all the fairy tales are full of stories about evil wolves. But they basically turn wolves into their friends and coyotes uh, yeah. into their friends. Like it's just, it makes yeah. no sense. No, coyotes are, they do a lot of good for us, man. Like, like they're all over Edmonton. Edmonton has a lot of coyotes and they mm-hmm. eat a lot of mice and all sorts of things that we don't want around, but they don't really get credit for it. And people often think that they're bigger than they are. So it, it's kind of a fear a fear element and um but a big coyote might be 40 pounds you know it's yeah. you don't really have to worry about it mm-hmm. and you know there's so many people say in edmonton for example and there's a lot of coyotes and no one's been hurt yeah so maybe, maybe the odd small dog has been picked off maybe <laughs> small well, dog whose fault is that why do you have a little shitty dog like from somebody who has a little <laughs> shitty dog C- cats like, hey, for man. sure yeah, cats for sure get picked off. You know, I, if I had a you know a newborn baby, I wouldn't live it, leave it by itself in the woods. That's well, if you if your if your newborn baby gets eaten by a coyote, whose fault yeah. is that? That's not I the mean, coyote's fault. They're wild animals for sure, yeah. and oh, yeah. you treat a you treat a wild animal like a wild animal. Yeah. yeah. No, that's crazy. Yeah. So, what was the? I guess. Okay, what's the most endangered animal that you had to uh, the the be privileged to work with endangered yeah well i guess there's two um the caribou newfoundland when i worked on them weren't listed under the species at risk act but they they're listed now i and i can't remember what level they're listed at i should but i don't um but in the yukon i worked on pikas the the little rabbit type of animals and um I most of my work it wasn't really applied like you wouldn't use it for wildlife management it was more of an interest to to figure out more theoretical things right but when I finished that work um, it turns out that pikas are fairly um, um, sensitive sensitive to changes in climate and um, so I ended up writing the federal um, species assessment for the species and they ended up getting listed as um, special concern, which is the first notch on the species at risk act. So it's like special concern, then it's uh, near threatened, threatened. Uh, special concern, threatened, endangered, and extinct. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So, yeah, the stuff I did in the Yukon eventually ended up with these these guys being listed. Oh, yeah. That sucks. Nice. Well, it means people pay a little more attention to them. Because uh, one of the reasons we worked on them was because they were sensitive. And, and if you can figure out what's going on with them, it might give us an idea of what's happening with the rest of the ecosystem up there as well. Right. Yeah. So, hey, we're, also, guys, we're just going to take a quick break here. And then we'll be sure. back with Sean in a sec. Okay. One sec. All right. We're back. Sorry. Uh, so during the break, Sean was talking about actually no, I was uh, telling Sean how I liked animals. I go on <laughs> Wikipedia lots. Sean actually started the uh, Wikipedia for the collared pika. Ooh. 
Mm-hmm. But you were That's saying, it. Sean, about uh, connection to nature and whatnot. Oh yeah, you were you were mentioning that you, you like wildlife, and I I was mentioning that uh, I had heard of this book called The Nature Deficit, and how the book kind of explores how we're missing this connection to the world around us that we used to have. You know, I would say someone like a like a farmer would definitely have that connection to the land around them. But those <laughs> yeah. of us that live in the city are, are seem to be missing that. Yeah. And uh, it, it can't cure all of our ailments, but it can go a long way to making us feel a little bit more uh, connected to the world. I can definitely yeah. see that for sure. We have lots of wildlife here. Some are like, actually I ran into a deer when I was getting the mail. I, I got scared. <laughs> deer? <laughs> what kind of a deer? What kind of a deer? Did it? Uh, no idea. Uh, probably a mule deer. It was a little deer. I think uh, it was a like a recently disowned deer. Is that the term? Okay. You mean it's left its mom? Yeah. 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 It was a little guy. I was nervous. It looked like a rodent, like the biggest rodent I've ever seen in my life. And then I was just like, my dog, uh, my dog Nash, didn't bark. I was like, yo, man, what the fuck? Man, start barking, kid. <laughs> yeah. I actually <laughs> walked around. I changed the direction I was going. I, I got nervous around that deer. Brian, your first instincts were probably like, how am I going to cook this thing? <laughs> I thought about it. Actually, you know what? We, I saw like a deer that got ran over, had its horns and stuff. Yeah, yeah it might have yeah. been a mule deer. Anyway, I was just like, oh, I wonder if that meat is still good. <laughs> Can't go to waste. Can't go to waste. Yeah, it, probably not. It, the, the meat gets damaged and it's not, <laughs> it's not good to eat. Hey, so on a related note, Sean, do you hunt? I do, yeah. Oh, for real? Yeah. How do you know that? Yeah. Oh, wow. I used to hunt a lot as a kid and then uh, um, moved away from home and I got out of it for a while. But then in the last uh, maybe five years or so here in Edmonton, I've gotten back into it. Have you uh, shot anything recently? I've gotten a couple of deer. I didn't have any luck this year. It um, okay. it just didn't work out. Um, but yeah. Yeah, down uh, I have a spot where I hunt. Um, a friend of a friend was gracious enough generous enough to give me uh permission to hunt on their farm so oh nice um i've got a, a spot down there that i usually go so do you do you think being a biologist makes you a better hunter yes oh okay good, good, okay unsolicited advice so we have a well, segment here biologist okay. yes but oh sorry i didn't sorry go ahead with your segment oh yeah, yeah no 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 i was i was gonna ask this i was just gonna be like most of the, the hunters i know aren't biologists they're yeah. uh so i was just like hey so sean is there is most of the stuff that people do bullshit or and there's a better way through science or no a lot of the things that people do before hunting are good like putting on deer musk and whatnot um yeah i think like if you were to walk into say cabela's or a hunting store yeah yeah, yeah. most of the hunting aids that you see there are designed to catch the hunter not the deer Okay, so this, you're saying it's bullshit. It's fake news. Well, deer don't see color that well, so you don't have to be decked out in, in the latest camouflage trend. And I've never used the scent lures because yeah. I, they may work very well. I don't know. I've never tried them, but I, I, can't, I can't understand how something in a bottle would trick a deer who's, who's used to smelling what they should be smelling every day of their life. And okay. so, and also, you know, Decades and decades and decades, hundreds of years, people have been not using that stuff. And 
being very successful hunters. You know, by, yeah. there's a like you know, hunters wearing you know jeans and a and a jacket from Mech shoot just as much deer as uh, somebody <laughs> decked out in in a thousand dollars worth of outfit. So do you do you uh, have a deer call? No. No. Okay. So think, you just go out and you just like okay, I see one like that. Sometimes, if I'm really cold, I'll I'll walk. But walking is a problem because um, it's not it's not color that that animals pick up on so much as it is movement. They're very okay. good. If if you're a tasty animal, you you notice movement right away. Right. And and, and predators do as well because they're looking for food. Mm. If you stay still, you got a pretty good chance of not being seen. But um, mm. where I hunt, there's a lot of bush, like shrub. And, mm-hmm. and it's loud to walk around. So I have a tree stand that I, I've put about, you know, maybe 10 or 12 feet up off the ground. And I, I sit in that and I got a good view of, of a wide area. Interesting. Yeah. Nice. Well, but saying all that, saying all that, I did not get a deer this year. So maybe I'm, I'm not as good as I think. But also being a, being a scientist makes you a better hunter. I think that's a take home note in our, uh, in this society where we devalue science so much, I think <laughs> you need to, I think being, uh, I think working on deer research projects helps, which there I've you done. go, yeah. oh, you go to school kids. Yeah. Don't just, uh, don't just go to Cabela's, go to school. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's, I just want to kind of change, uh, do a quick change here in topics. Uh, one thing lots of our friends, well, not, I don't know, lots of our friends, some of our friends might know, uh, I'm not sure how well-known it was, is I think it was back in 2017. Uh, Sean, you were diagnosed with uh, thyroid cancer, is that correct? Thyroid? Yeah, I was, I was, yeah. Uh, why, can you just talk about, uh, like, what it was like, to, like, for the first diagnosis, and then kind of like what they told you, because they, they said they found a lump on your throat, correct? Yeah, so I uh, I went for a regular doctor's appointment with my family doctor because I had skipped the last two or three of them. <laughs> and uh, so I'm sitting there in the little table with the paper on it. And my doctor's asking me, you know, how are you feeling? Anything that I should know about, you know, the standard sort of questions. And then she starts looking at my throat and she, she, she kind of grabs around my Adam's apple area. And she says, oh, you got something there. I'm going to send you to get it checked. So I went and I had a scan done and I think it was an ultrasound or something. And um, results came back and they said, yeah, it's just a cyst. You'll be fine. Like um, a lot of people have them. Don't worry about it. Just don't pop it. If you pop it, what do we merge? And I thought, well, I'm going to pop it. It's probably going to happen. And so I said, can I just have the thing drained? And they didn't really want to send me because it was kind of medically unnecessary, but they sent me anyway. So I went to the gray nuns and I walked in and it's like eight in the morning and um, met the pathologist who was going to do it. And he said, yeah, I looked at the scans and it looks like a cyst and we'll have you in and out in about five minutes and you'd be off to work. Like, Great. Oh, okay. So they didn't knock you out. Because that was going to be my other question. No, no, it's, it's just a needle. They stick straight into your throat. Oh, I'd rather be And um, so I'm laying there and we're chit-chatting. And uh, he took a sample and he, he walks over this little side table and um, kinda, he makes a slide and he sticks it under the microscope. And 
his voice completely changed in our conversation. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> and, um, yeah, like, you, you know, like when you're talking to someone and you know they're smiling. Yeah. As you're talking to them, like on the telephone or something. Yeah. His back was to me and he, he, I could tell he was in a good, lighthearted mood. And then he looked in the microscope and then the, the tone of his voice changed completely. Anyway, um, long story short, he, uh, he said I had a pretty good chance that it was thyroid cancer, but they had to do another test. <laughs> and um, just to be sure, but he was pretty sure. And he reassured me, you know, like the type of thyroid cancer I had is it's the most common type and it's, it's extremely treatable, but um, that, <laughs> that didn't mean anything in that moment. And uh, all the, you know, all the, like the walls closing in, the walls closing in and uh, tunnel vision and knees shaking and just all of those things are, were a hundred percent my experience. And I remember I asked the guy, he was telling me what I needed to do next. He was trying to tell me that I needed to make a follow-up appointment with my family doctor, but I couldn't process anything that he was telling me. And I asked the poor guy five times what I needed to do. And every time he answered me really patiently. And um, then I, I, I left and I had to go find my wife to tell her. Okay. <laughs> and uh, so I left the gray nuns and I was like, looking back on it, there's no way anybody should have let me drive. I was like basically impaired. <laughs> yeah. And, and I got, so I left the gray nuns to drive to the university, to the U of A. I got completely lost. I ended up driving by Costco and Costco <laughs> and Costco seemed completely the wrong direction. And yeah. I still don't know how I ended up there, but anyway, um, turns out um, it, it's a type called papillary thyroid cancer and survival rate is, is really really good okay i ended up having surgery and then a uh it's a radioactive iodine treatment and and so it's that effectively cured me so i right now i'm cancer free and i don't expect to ever have a recurrence but it could occur but it's not really something i'm worried about i remember uh, a bunch of us in our we had a chat going on at the time about it we were actually joking about your iodine treatment because at a time we all thought you were going to get superpowers from it because you're pretty much radioactive for a week or something, weren't you? Yeah, that. Uh... <laughs> we, we thought you were the new radioactive man, like from The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah. So, so the first step was to surgically remove my thyroid completely, yeah. and so that's that didn't bother me so much. Except I learned that you should never really Google stuff. And um, yeah, because I, I got the I got the consent forms, I think it was in the mail, and it described what they were going to do, and it said, "Yeah, we're taking your thyroid out." And then the next line said, "We're doing a level six dissection." I'm like, "Oh, that sounds important." And um, for the first little while, I thought level six. I mean, like that—that's a big number. Six is bigger than five and bigger than four. That must be a lot. So I thought that they were going to have to dig a lot, that sort of stuff, which kind of freaked me out. But mm -hmm. um, turns out level six just meant it's, it's a region. It's not, it's not an intensity. <laughs> <laughs> they just meant we're going to take out the thyroid and kind of look around in the area. Nah. Yeah. So I, I lost my thyroid. I lost two lymph nodes and I lost two parathyroid glands. And they, they're in the area, but they kind of control how your body uses calcium. So Interesting. Uh, 
yeah, so they, they do the surgery and then a couple months later after you heal up, they do this uh, iodine treatment and your thyroid's really the only part of your body that uses iodine. Yeah. And they give you a radioactive version of it with the idea that any remaining thyroid cells will suck up this, uh, this iodine and because it's radioactive, it'll just destroy them. And it, so it's kind of like cleaning up anything that was left behind. Wow. So I went uh, to the Cross Cancer Institute and um, they bring you into this room and um, there's a chair covered in paper. And in case you hit yourself? No, in case I might. Uh, <laughs> so they give it to you, they give it, they gave it to me as a drink. So I, it was like this lead line cup. Yeah. With a straw. Oh, that's reassuring. And it's in case I choked and, you know, maybe spit or something like that, that they, they didn't want the room contaminated with radioactivity. So I remember looking at this cup thinking, this is radioactive. And one little voice is saying, don't drink that. That's poison. <laughs> and, and the other little voice is saying, yeah, it's poison. So drink it so you can, you know, save your life. And uh, both voices were, tr were right. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so you drink it and then they, uh, they take out this, it's like this 1980s cold war Geiger counter and they start measuring how radioactive I was. And that was probably the most surreal moment when they, they're pointing this Geiger counter at me and the thing is like beeping like crazy. And then they, they move <laughs> it away and then it slows down and then it pointed back at me and it's going crazy again. So I had to isolate for 10 days away from my family. So I had some friends who generously gave me their house. And oh, nice. uh, so I stayed in their house and it was not harmful to me. I was just a hazard to other people. I yeah. Knew. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably so. a nice break. eh? not being around yeah. your kids. <laughs> no, I missed them. I, but I kept working through it all. Like, like even that week, even that week where I got the first diagnosis, I had to wait a week, which was the most intense week of my life. I was like the physical part of it didn't bother me so much as the emotional part. I was, I was a mess. Like I, I think I, I wrote a lot about it on, on various chats that we had, but I was a mess and it was, uh, I cried myself to sleep several times and I just didn't know I had yeah. part of me knew like the, the logical part of my brain. It knew yeah. that everything was going to be okay. I, yeah. I, I, I went because I had, I had access to all the research papers because of my day job. So I, I went through all the survival papers, you know, what actually are my chances here? And I, uh, I could read them. I, I knew what they were saying, and it, but I couldn't emotionally, I emotionally, I couldn't read them. So I, like, I actually had the PDFs downloaded, but I couldn't bring myself to actually learn about it. And too, you probably had a little bit of doubt. I mean, you said your family doctor said, Hey, <laughs> you're good to go, go home. And then all of a sudden, a little yeah. bit later, you're like, well, what the hell happened? <laughs> Did you get a new family doctor? <laughs> oh no. She probably saved, you know, saved my butt. Yeah. No, she was good. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. she found it and she sent me off to an expert. And, uh, I, I, I still think like, even though they said it was just a cyst, nothing to worry about. Yeah. I had a conversation with her about it and she said, you know, like she's had a thousand of me come through her office. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, uh, because it's it's more common in women than it is in men and yeah i didn't really have a lot of other symptoms and so i i she made the right call she didn't make a mistake yeah yeah you know, based on the stats she did everything she should have yeah. done 
yeah. from start from start to finish, how long like from when you found out like found out you had cancer to like when you're like oh i'm i'm in the i'm i'm done like i'm done my last treatment um oh so it was early march 2017 and okay. then i found out for sure on the 15th and then i had surgery in july and then the iodine came that fall i, I want to say late september early october and then i had a whole bunch of scans mm-hmm. just to see and uh, and then that was it. And then a year later, I had a whole bunch of other follow-up appointments. I'll have follow-up appointments forever. But yeah, um, yeah, basically from March to October. Okay. And the whole experience, that. well, the stress went away the day I got, it sounds strange. The day they told me for sure that it was cancer mm-hmm. was the day my stress went away. It, it sounds weird to even say it, but the that week of not knowing, because mm-hmm. um, even if it was cancer, it wasn't 100% sure what kind of cancer it was. Like if it was the kind they thought, mm-hmm. I knew I'd be okay. But there's other types that, uh, you know, you, you go home and get your paperwork in order. That's, mm-hmm. uh, that's about it. But uh, the whole medical system was fantastic, man. Like every step of the way, I felt like I was just surrounded by the best of the best. They were just rock stars. It was awesome. But so the stress went away the day I found out. Surgery was easy, you know. Yeah. And um, the iodine was a little emotionally tough, but it was easy to do. I. And the problem is that uh, it, it's not a super serious type of cancer. And so it like emotionally... It hit me like a train. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine what people who have a more serious variety of cancer go through. Like I had a the smallest taste of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I crumpled. I yeah. like the people that are going through it and maybe don't have, you know, um, the same chances. I, I, I just, it's amazing that they, they just, uh, they power through it. Yeah. And great thing too, like living in Canada where we have our healthcare system, which say what you will about it. It's, for most people, it's awesome, right? Like You don't have it, to cook math. Yeah, exactly. You, know, you don't have to look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I paid 15 bucks for parking. There you go. And that, you know, and uh, I assume the work that I had done would have been tens and tens and tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah. But you know, one thing I tell people though, like financially didn't cost me a cent, except the second that doctor looked through that microscope, I was no longer insurable for life insurance for oh. a while. So whatever I had at that instant was what I have. You know? Did you, uh, so I remember I asked you this yeah. and I actually didn't get an answer, but so you have critical, you had critical illness insurance. <laughs> you, uh, <laughs> Did you take it? Yeah, I remember that conversation. No, I didn't. Oh. I didn't. I, I, well, because I did all the cursory reading, and it didn't prevent me from working. I, I worked throughout the entire thing. It's not something that was predicted to kill me. My doctor didn't say take any time off work. So one one advantage, if I if say, for example, I said, yeah, I want to I make this claim, 
they would give me the let's say it's fifty thousand. Yeah. It's unlikely anyone else would ever give me fifty thousand again once I'm in the clear. So I just left it. So you so still have should... critical illness insurance. Oh I do. Yeah, yeah. And okay. the whole life insurance thing is You just can't get more. <laughs> uh not for a while. I think after a few years have to go by and then yeah. once there's no recurrence i think it's one of those types of cancers where um my risk will be no different than anybody else okay so i i'm going to switch gears oh sorry jordan I cut no i was going to yeah. say the moment i got my critical illness i was just thinking what's the lightest thing i can get to get this insurance because <laughs> i'd take it right now <laughs> but anyway go ahead brian okay so did they put you under when you took your thyroid out Oh yeah, absolutely. And did you? Okay, okay. Did you shit your pants afterwards? <laughs> no, oh, I heard wow. you did. I did hear that episode. <laughs> but um, my response to anesthetic is it's not so much physical as it is verbal, and and I have memories that I don't know uh, actually <laughs> whether whether they happened or if I hallucinated them because. I remember coming to in the recovery room. So you yeah. just kind of lay in there. And I think there was other people around, other patients. And there's a nursing station. And I remember uh, the nurse on the telephone having this very intense argument with their home security company and, and yelling at them that they were still billing her, but she didn't live at that address anymore. <laughs> very angry. And I remember laying there thinking, how unprofessional. And then, <laughs> and then she comes over to check on me and I figure, you know what? I better commiserate with her a little bit. So I said, security systems, I, I have a big dog and a shotgun. And, uh, and then she, she, she stops her, her little banter with me and she's like, oh, okay. And then in that instance, I kind of realized that I had probably hallucinated the whole part of her being on the telephone. <laughs> I, d I don't actually think she was on the telephone. I think I imagined the entire thing. That's hilarious. But yeah, I told no, her no. all about large dogs and shotguns and probably freaked her out a little bit. Yeah. No, no, that's good. Good to hear. We all react differently. Yeah. That's right. Yes. I'm all often right. terrified that uh, I'll, I'll say something like that. And so I'm glad they keep me in recovery before family sees me. <laughs> okay. So uh, thank you, Sean. We're going to go to your second. Hey, don't touch that segment. Let's get into our top three. Okay, Jordan, why don't we explain what the top three is? Yeah, our top three is basically uh, our top three items of the week. It could be a category. It could be... Um, like last week we had top three, what was it? Movies. Top oh no. Three top three. Gems. Yeah. Hidden gems during the lockdown. So we let our guests pick the top three. We tell them in advance. So they're prepared and we try our best to match what he says. So Sean, what is our top three for the week? Well, I, I think I told you uh, top three positive things that we did during the pandemic lockdown. I believe that's what you good. told us. Does that match? And, yeah, okay. Yeah, that matches. And uh, you, uh, you've been working from home since the very first uh, March 14th. I have, yep. Uh, and your wife too? Yes, yep. And your kids have been at home mostly. They've probably gone back to Off school. and on, off and on, yeah. So you've pretty much been 
<laughs> lockdown. On the full lockdown compared to pretty much. Days. Yeah, we have been. Right on. Well, I guess we'll let you start. Let's hear your number three. So, uh, so the format is I give my number three, and then you guys you give your number three, yeah, and then we'll, we go yeah, around. Yeah, exactly. All right, we'll go around. <clears throat> so, um, positive things that we did as a family during the lockdown was we uh, we weren't very happy with our backyard. We had a a crappy little um, chain link fence that was grown through with bushes, and and we didn't have the garden we wanted. So. Um, because we had all this time on our hands, you know, nobody was doing any activities. We completely renovated our backyard. We, uh, wow. we put in a six foot uh, wooden fence, looks really nice, built some gates. Uh, I built some uh, raised planters that we used this summer and uh, lots of mulch and places looking a lot better than it did last year. So, so you can walk around three. that thing with the cocktail, right? <laughs> with what? Yeah, don't worry about it. it was... There's a bit more privacy <laughs> than there used to be. I don't live in Penticton. <laughs> okay, Jordan, number three. My number three is going to be pretty obvious, I think. It's going to be this podcast. Oh, um, fuck you, man. Number three, or is that going to be yours too? That was going to be my number three, but go ahead. Yeah, you, it's you my number three. It. It's probably the, uh, it's the one fun thing. Well, not the one fun thing, but it's one of the fun things I still get to do. Uh, and since we created the podcast, we get to catch up with Sean, who we haven't talked to actually in a while. Actually, haven't it's seen been months. Face, so it's been yeah. months, yeah. Uh, and we're slowly getting around to talking to all our friends. So, yeah. Uh, and I think we're just talking to people more because we're talking about the, our podcast. They tell us stuff they like and dislike, and it's pretty fun. So that's my number three. Okay. Well, I was going to use that as my number three, so I'll, I'll think of something else right now on the spot. Use your number that two. That being said, uh okay um <laughs> so number my number th- three thing that's not the podcast this is a podcast i just want to add i've drank more in this last month than <laughs> i had of uh, my last year we basically i've been drinking at least a beer a week and that's okay so that's number three the thing i've done most the positive thing i've done during this po- this pandemic number three is uh drink more I've tried very, very many wow. different sorts of beers. <laughs> and uh, I have to say, I've expanded, definitely expanded the beer palette a little bit. I've, my tolerance has not gone up, so that's a good positive. I was going to say you finally had Pink Whitney. That could be your number three. Pink Whitney, yeah. I wouldn't have uh, had Pink Whitney had I not been drinking all this. So that's right. number three is uh, drinking more. Drinking <laughs> more. All right, Sean, back to you. Number two. So on to number two. So... This one is uh, my number two is something that I kind of started half-hearted in January. But uh, once the lockdown happened, I had, again, more time. So I, I kicked it into a higher gear. But what I did was I, uh, I started keeping much better track of our finances. And uh, so <laughs> what I did was... That you haven't been doing this before, just knowing you. I, I, well, it just it wasn't organized the way I wanted it. So right now I, I set up this Google Sheet that tracks all our investments and uh, tracks various sources of, you know, income and costs. And I call it the household month end. So every month at the end of the month, I go through and I just kind of do a, a a broad cut of what our uh, assets and liabilities are for the month, you know, paying down some debt and, you know, that sort of stuff and tracking it through time. And uh, it's been really good. It's been really good to figure out exactly where things stand. Cause at the start of the pandemic, 
no one was quite sure about layoffs. You know, we, uh, we took a little hit. We have a rental property and we took a little bit of a hit on that. And so I just wanted to get things uh, in black and white instead of, you know, this loose idea in the back of my head, I, I just wanted it done. And it's 12 months later and uh, it's really fun. It's really good. You're not on the street yet. It's reassuring. Well, good or bad, just knowing where it is, is uh, it's a positive feeling. That's good to hear. All right. So you're, uh, you're, you've made your hobby my job. Oh, sorry. You've made my job your hobby. Sorry. Yes. Interesting. <laughs> All right. Your turn, Jordan. Uh, two. Yeah, my number two. It's, uh, I don't know how positive most people think it is. But before this pandemic, I was actually quite busy, like work. Uh, I mean, I had a lot of extracurricular, like hockey, jujitsu, kickboxing. Um, being a parent for the, like the first couple of years of parenthood. Uh, so with the lockdown and everything that happened, uh, everything slowed down. So we really had nothing to do. So I got to play video games and not just video games like by myself. Actually, for the first time in a while, I played video games with uh uh, my friend Carlos and AJ, we were like my best friends in life. Uh, and there's a while, I think it was like, we had a good like three or four month stretch where we played every single night. Uh, we'd log on all at the same time and we were playing Grand Theft Auto. So we are just running amok in the city. Uh, so for me, it's almost like getting to spend like more quality time with those guys, which I like never really got to do as like in the last like four or five years, right? So that's, that's, awesome. that's, that's a, a good one. That's a good one. And that's something that we've been trying to, we've been trying to line up because what is it? A PS5 and, and the Xbox series is, are, are out now, yeah, they're but they're impossible to get, right? Yeah. yeah. And so that was our plan for this winter because we, we thought there was a lockdown coming again. Yeah. And so we thought we need, because first generation Nintendo was the last console I owned. So moving to oh, something like yeah. this will be massive, but I can't find one. They're, <laughs> yeah, they're super hard to find, but yeah, I figured just wait. Like, I guess you want it during this maybe lockdown we're in or who knows how long it'll last, but uh, if I, I got it mid January, I'd be happy. Yeah, I think so. Wait it out. Yeah. All right. Okay, Brian, do you give her number, number two, <laughs> moving to BC. Uh, positive. Yeah. That was a positive. Well, well, the weather, right? Well, the, family. Like the same as, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, moving to BC for sure. No, it is. It's great. Actually, it, it was a positive thing. I mean, aside from losing all my friends, uh, quitting my job, getting paid less. Um, I've had, actually, it's great. Like f- seeing family for my, for my daughter. Anyways, just have a good relationship with her uh, grandma or seeing her grandma every week um, was really awesome. Uh, just seeing the two of them hang out and stuff it's really it's quite like it warms your heart so for me yeah. it's like even that just makes it worth it so yeah and that takes guts to move eh? it's it's not an it's not a easy decision or it's not a it's not a decision you can make lightly it's, it's it tough. has it has huge yeah. implications yeah it's definitely <laughs> i'll tell you this man this this move every week i find out something more so did you know that if you get your car registered in BC, you have to pay GST on your car again? Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, coming up, $750 I did not intend to spend, but that's another story for another Oh, day. wow. 
All right. Okay. Before I get, I hate myself. Number one, Sean. Number one, best thing about this pandemic. So before this pandemic hit, so let's say uh, you know last winter, as a family, we were going flat out. Like we were the example of the rat race. Ellen and I were working at our offices. The girls were in a thousand activities, and I'd work. I'd come home. I might eat and then I'd hop in the car and we'd drive around the city to various activities, drop-offs, pickups, this kid, that kid. And we never saw each other except yeah. if we were in the car. And then the pandemic hit and everyone was home and we could actually eat supper as a family. And as on a, like a family dynamics level, this pandemic has been fantastic. You know, like we have a lot deeper, more meaningful conversations. I feel like I've bonded with everybody more than I would have otherwise. So from that point of view, it's been really good for us. Right. That's awesome. Jordan? Actually, my number one is going to be along the same lines. Um, bonding with not only like who's in my household, uh, my wife and my daughter, but getting to, uh, I feel like the virtual visits we've been having lately through like purposely like in my head okay I want to call my mother-in-law my my sister-in-law my aunt my uncle my dad and then like with my like Monroe on the phone uh we like we'll call them try to make a like habit once weekly now it seems and like like we're actively trying to stay in touch with them whereas before uh I don't, like not like I wasn't trying not to see anybody but this year so busy you didn't really have the chance to so now like I feel like I'm making that time like yep. making a goal to make that time because I might not, they're not going to see her in person or I'm not going to see them in person for a while. So yeah. But, well, who knows when really, right. It could be weeks, months, days. Before it was so easy to take it for granted that you would bump into them. Oh, yeah. for you know, sure. Yeah. Just kind of randomly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my number one. It's along the same line as Sean's, I think. Yeah. Okay. So my number one is, uh, <laughs> I cheated, but it's the birth of my son. That was the best thing that happened during this pandemic. Uh, we were, obviously there was a lot of anxiety around this birth and not only just due to our past history, but just uh, the, having the pandemic here and just how that was going to change things. But the fact that my son was born during this pandemic, he's only known this pandemic really. He was born in April. Sure. So that was literally the best thing because it was just like, just yeah, you get to see a new kid. He kind of grew up. And kids don't change that change too much. Um, it, we're still doing a lot of the same stuff. Obviously, raising your kid the way they are. He doesn't have a lot of the same stuff that my daughter had. But, yeah, it's just great. Just That was the best thing that happened to us during this pandemic. Bar none. I, nothing compares to that. Yeah. That's right? a good one. All right. So, that was top three. And now, let's have our second last segment of the show. Dad blog. <laughs> All right, so dad blog is our adventures in parenting. So each one of us is going to share one story from the week. And this is a good dad blog because we've got two newer dads and myself and Jordan. And then we've got a vet, a seasoned vet, Sean Morrison. So we're going to save Sean's for last because like, I'm, I'm excited to, not excited. I guess I'm, I'm interested to see where my future lies. You want to go first or you want me to go first, Jordan? Uh, you go first, maybe. Okay. So, so this one's this dad blog's about my son. 
So my son, uh, A, I still love the kid. The kid still loves me. He has a seizure every time he sees me if he hasn't still. seen me for a long time. So it's awesome. It's freaking awesome. Uh, the thing that's not so awesome about it is, like, he just learned how to touch his junk. So he full-on takes his hand, puts it right on right on his Johnson. It's like he's gripping it. Every time I'm hmm. changing his diaper. So... I'll take his diaper off and then right away it's just like before it was like he'll grab his toes and whatnot. Now it's just like straight to his dick. So he's just like a handful. He gets a whole handful there. And it's like, okay, it's not, not a big problem when it's just a pee diaper. But when he shits, like the, the shit goes all over the place. It goes on his crack. Obviously it goes on the bottom side and it also goes on his dick. Right. So my wife had this worse than I did, but uh, today I'm changing his diaper. I'm, I'm like, okay, let's go, uh, let's go change your diaper. And it's in the morning. And I normally, I expect a pee diaper in the morning, right? Cause he's, he's, his schedule is a little more irregular than most kids or than mine. But today I open up his diaper and lo and behold, oh wow. K dot shat his pants. It's great. But uh, again, just like his dad, so just like his dad, <laughs> just like his dad. So you take his diaper off right away. The kid like just kind of grabs his dick, and I'm like, no, 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 quick, grabbing your <laughs> dick, man. And I'm gonna wipe the shit off your head now. <laughs> so I, I, I wiped all the shit off his uh, his ass, and then he got shit on his heel as well. So I had to wipe wipe the shit off that, and then I just used the 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 baby wipe and wiped his hand. I'm like, yeah, this should be fine, right? You're not going to be able to smell anything. Anyway, so I hand him off to his, my wife because he's still going to eat. <laughs> She's feeding him. She's like, hey, hey, did, uh, did Kendrick poop? Because I smell shit right on his head. <laughs> and then I was just like, oh, yeah, yeah, he, he did. I thought, I, thought, uh, <laughs> I thought the baby wipe would be enough. It wasn't. So I had to take him back and then we went to the bathroom and properly cleaned his hands. And then he did the same thing later on today. He's been, his tummy's been feeling uh, a bit off. So again, after now, every time he shits himself, grabs his dick, I have to clean up the poo and then I got to take him to the, the bathroom and then wash his hands. Because there's shit on his hands. It's like That's a night out fun. with Brian. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> one right, way never does it <laughs> <laughs> alright Jordan go ahead I don't want to share too much uh, okay I have uh, two quick stories they're both from today uh, my first story is I had Monroe down in our basement and we have one of those uh, what are they called gymnic balls or what are those little uh, exercise balls not a little but they're a decent size aerobic balls maybe they're called they call exercise balls. Yeah, whatever. You can bounce on them or whatever. They're real, yeah. real squishy. She it's likes like to, a chair. Yeah, it's like a chair. But she likes for me to like pick her up and like normally I pick her up from behind and she just I bounce her on the thing and she gets off and I say I'm tired and I'm like no more. So I was kind of lying here and she's like, I want to jump. I want to jump. I was like, okay, you got it. Uh, so I pick her up, but this is the first time I picked her up front like, facing, like facing her. So she jumped on the ball oh, no. and of course she kicks her legs just straight up begs me <laughs> and i like i react like i would like anytime i basically much drop her. i pretty much drop her i'm like oh amanda i'm like laying there kind of curled up on the floor 
she kind of like runs over. She's like, Daddy? <laughs> like, runs over. She's like, like rubbing my arm. She's like, do you want me to go get mommy? <laughs> I was like, yes, yes. Go get mommy. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, do I trust her on the stairs by herself? I was like, no, no, wait. <laughs> uh, but she kind of coached me through it. So that was my first little story. She kicked uh, you in the balls. Full on kicked you in the balls. This is oh, the wow. first time so far she's full on kicked me in the balls. Yeah. And I, I, I felt it. Like, <laughs> it was rough. I get uh, kind of nervous because like Lydia will flail her arm sometimes and she'll bag me every once in a while. But I'm like very cautious. Generally, it's just like, hey, I'm, the assumption is I'm going to hit in the dick. So yeah. I usually try to like, move around, but it, she'll catch me every once in a while. Yeah, I'm going to have to start wearing a can around the house. <laughs> and then uh, my so yeah my next story this actually happened to my wife so my wife has an apple an apple watch yeah and i don't know why uh, monroe must have been playing with it she's like she put it on her so she when she came downstairs she had the watch on her and i can <laughs> and i can see her like moving stuff around on there like it's not like it was locked yeah but in my head i was like you know what it's not my watch this is gonna be a learning lesson for right now. <laughs> <laughs> so i go back upstairs um and then all of a sudden I get a text on my phone. Raina's like, uh, so Monroe just called 911. <laughs> oh, shit. I was like, what? I was like, and I was thinking, how'd she do that? I was like, oh, wait, her watch. So she must have went to like the emergency number. And just oh, no. Uh, she obviously hung up. <laughs> and then Raina got another call back on her phone. So <laughs> lesson learned. Don't give the kid an eye watch. Did you, uh, did you get fined for that? I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming like you get like a grace of one. Like if it keeps happening, I think you might get a fine. But wow. I remember when I was a kid, uh, me and my sister did that. Like we, and we knew what we were doing too. Like we were like little shits, and we were, we were like, you know, what would be funny. Let's call nine one one. Nine one one. Then hang up right away. Like kind of run away. <laughs> They'd call back to the house. My dad would be like, <laughs> what, what are you guys doing? <laughs> we're like, uh... anyway, that's my dad blog for the week. <laughs> All right. Okay, so it's my turn, eh? Um, Talked you up. I had a hard time coming up with examples because I wasn't sure if I should pick one from now or or from when they were younger. And anyway, I I decided to go with one when they were younger. What? And uh, is that not acceptable? Oh, that's acceptable. No, it's acceptable. acceptable, But I'm I'm looking for lessons here too, right? Like, oh, your your children are older. They are but this older. could be a lesson, I guess. How old are your kids when you? Uh, you when know what? Happened? I think I can frame this one as a as a lesson. Okay. It, and it kind of has to do with uh, when you have your first, you kind of learn learn how to parent them, right? Like first time parent, you kind of learn the ropes. And my wife and I thought when it was time for the second one to come along that, hey, we got this. We know how to do this. We're pros. Turns out, second kid is not even close to being like the first kid. <laughs> and I think that's, I've talked to other parents about this and it's true across the board. Yeah. And um, so anyway, the example I have was uh, both my kids were in daycare. And <laughs> when my oldest was in daycare, she, uh, she was about three and we would come in to pick her up at the end of the day. And the staff would come over and said, somebody bitter. You have to find, you have to fill out, you have to sign this incident form to say that we told you. Yeah. And then the, and they can't tell you the name of the person. Can't tell us. And then, you know, two seconds in the car, she would tell us it was so-and-so bit me pissed off. <laughs> and, and, and this kept happening. It, it was a, like a semi-regular thing that this other kid would keep biting 
my oldest, to the point where my wife and I started talking, like, what kind of a kid does this? Like, bites them over and over. Like, oh, what's no. wrong with her parents? And we thought, you know, we had it in the bag. And then our second child comes along and she's, she's in the other room. She's in the room for the, for the younger kids that can't quite walk it. So like, like the one-year-olds, one-and-a-half-year-olds. Yeah. And uh, they have very different personalities, but they had a fire drill one day. And, and the fire drill was to take all the kids, put them into a crib, and then wheel the crib out the door so they could move all the kids at once, right? Yeah, yeah. And so they did this pretend fire drill. They put my youngest in this crib, put three other kids in the same crib, oh, wheeled no. them out. Well, we come to pick her up that day. We had to sign three incident forms because, <laughs> because our kid got scared and in her fear was like a shark in this crib and, and lunged across the crib and bit each off the other three kids. So the other three <laughs> kids had bite marks all over them like they were attacked by sharks or piranhas or something like that. So <laughs> my dad blog is what you learned for the first one doesn't apply for the second one. That's crazy. Basically dropped into a gladiator pit in there. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. She was terrified. So yeah. Rampage. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, you know what? At least you know that she could defend herself. I was a bit concerned about my daughter. <laughs> But uh, her recent preschool experience tells me I, I don't have to worry about that anymore. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah she, she sticks up for herself now. Good. That girl. Yeah, that's great. All right. Well, those are dad's dad blog for the week. And uh, let's end off with our favorite segment, our favorite ending segment, the only ending segment that we have, the beer review. All right, guys. So Brian, what, what are our thoughts? You should start us. We'll let Sean go last. You should you start. You tell us about your Granville. Um, well, my nose is uh, stuffy now, so that means that there's actually alcohol in this, and I'm bright red, lit up like a Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't bad. All right, I'll, I'll tell you this. This is not. Uh, it's not bad. <clears throat> I would definitely drink this, although it's now it's like more about a, a feeling of nostalgia than anything. So it tastes like vanilla. I'll give you a hint next week. We're also going to do another vanilla beer, but yeah, that's okay. It's, it's mostly nostalgia. It reminds me of a certain point in my life. So I will give this from a scale of zero to pink Whitney. This would be shit. We'll say 3.5 3. 3.5 you can't really taste any hops in it very very little hops it's mostly vanilla so three three and a half i'll be okay with that Lions that, that granville island winter ale though uh i think most people have probably had it especially in alberta bc uh, yeah. and it's a great i think it's a great beer for for like the winter months like like i love drinking i'll have two of them maybe i wouldn't drink a whole sixer not like a Coors Light or something like that, but no, definitely like I find it like it's a nice tasting beer. If it's on the if you know what if it is on if I'm out at a restaurant, and if it is on if it's like the drink special for the day, I'll definitely drink it. And if it's like one of the only beers there, if my other choice is going to be Coors Light, but heavy, I would definitely drink Lions Winter Ale. So yeah, it's not bad. As I I definitely enjoyed it. Three and a half, I'd, I'm happy with that. Was that, no a tall, was that a tall can? 
Yes, it was. Tall boy. Okay. They all. She all all the beers I get now are tall boys. This is like ever since I started this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Ever since we started this. We're yeah. All all we get our, they're all tall boys now, and it's like I'm not even buying beer. My wife's buying beer for me, so that's great. Nice. Well, I'm buying beer for myself, but no, no, she's buying. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, uh, no, no. Uh, she she buys beer for me. She <laughs> buys beer for me. Okay, Jordan, go ahead. Okay, I had the uh, Tiski or Tyski. Uh, it's from Poland. It's a five percent beer. I had the five hundred ml bottle. Uh, it was quite good. I've never had it before. Uh, definitely not hoppy at all. It felt kind of a lot lighter. Um, I liked it more than that Grolsch I had last week. Okay. Uh, so this is the first time I'm going to get into the sevens, I think. It's going to be a 7.1. 7. 7. 1. 7. 1. My last three were, I had a 6, 9, I think, and then two lower sixes. This and is, is this 7. a 1. scale? Is this a 1 to 10 scale? It is a 1 to 10 scale, but I put the points in because I'm a big fan of uh, the One Bite Pizza Review from Barstool. Mm. And, uh, and he says anything that's not a point is a rookie score. So that's that's my <laughs> that's my uh, belief. So I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna give it a seven point one, uh, and that's good. That's a good solid beer. I could drink a six pack of that easy. So a Tisky, what is called? Tisky. excellent. High ski maybe. But, yeah. Sean, you so yeah to uh, to uh, remind our listeners, I had uh, uh, a milk stilt called Spilt Milk that's made by. Omen Brewing, which is a, a family-owned brewery here in Edmonton. Yeah. And uh, I quite like it. I like stouts and, and darker beers in general. It's a tall can. It's not cheap. It's like four and a half, five and a half dollars a can, something like that. So it's not a, it's not an everyday sipping beer for me because I, I buy the cheapest beer possible for, for that. What's um, your regular beer that you drink? So just so we have a point of reference. <laughs> it's, uh, there is none. It, it's just completely... What's a uh, some, sale? Sometimes it could be traditional, like a traditional ale. Sometimes, like I was at Liquor Depot and I was standing in line and there was a big uh, package of Milwaukee. Oh, in, yeah. Old Mel. In oh. Big Tower. Yeah. So I grabbed one of those. There, there's no pattern. Absolutely no pattern at all. And, uh, uh, but anyway, I, this has become my new favorite. I've had it a few times over the summer. It's kind of a special occasion beer, if that makes sense. Tonight's um, a special occasion. So the description, there's a nice little description on the side that I'll read. It says, get ready to love stouts. This one drinks like an espresso or espresso with a shot of cream. A perfect balance of lactose sugar with roasted malts might just make you cry if you spill. So, um, yeah, I mean, my review is it's, it's, it's very, uh, you can definitely f- taste the roastiness in there and it's very smooth at the same time. A uh, little creamy, not so creamy like a um, like a Guinness, but getting there. And on a scale of one to f- ten, I would, uh, I think I'd give this an an eight point zero. Oh, 8. nice, 0. nice. So that you ranked delicious. your beer higher than we've ranked our beers. So I think. Well, that's, I, uh... I I deliberately bought my favorite for this. So. Well, there you go. Uh, that's good. It's uh, a beer that I don't yeah. think most people. Well, I definitely haven't heard of. Uh, I haven't so heard of either. It's a good yeah. way to help support that local local brewery, which would be nice. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Right on. Awesome. Okay. Well, that's our, uh, that's our, I guess that's our podcast for today. Thank you, Sean, for joining us. Uh, 
I hope you had a, I hope you enjoyed your podcast experience. Um, yeah. Thanks for the invite. It's been fun. And I wanted to say congratulations to both of you. This is, this has been a great idea to start a podcast and I think you're doing really well. Well, thank you. Thanks, Sean. It's five. We're five episodes in. I don't know how much longer we can do this, but uh, we're five episodes in. Anyway, uh, so for all our listeners, thank you so much for listening. If you want to send us an email, uh, any requests for unsolicited advice to both that both Jordan and I can answer. Uh, if you're our friends, you kind of know what we're good at answering. So don't 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 ask me how to build stuff. I don't know how to do that. And don't ask Jordan how to do math because he's not very good at that either. Send all your questions. Probably better than you at math, <laughs> and I'm a plumber. <laughs> Send all your questions to hey don't touch that pod at gmail.com. So hey don't touch that pod. So don't you don't have to put an apostrophe because we're not allowed to put apostrophes for email addresses. Hey don't touch that pod at gmail.com on behalf of Jordan and myself. Oh wait 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 wait. Well at, yes. And uh, if you'd like to be a guest on the show, uh, feel free to email us. And maybe we can arrange that too. Yeah. Hopefully we know you. Hopefully if we don't know you, if we don't know you, you can still be on the show. <laughs> it's going to be rough. But yeah, I will most let you. So on behalf of myself, Jordan and Sean, thank you so much, guys. Hope you have a good day, good evening, good morning, good night. Whatever the hell you listen to this, we are out. Have a good one.